Hey everybody, this is Andrew from The Wages of Cinema. Good to see you again. Glad that you're doing okay. Now, what I want to say is, our Batman v Superman review has become one of our most listened to episodes. And if you guys are looking for more of our movie reviews, we've got reviews on Deadpool, Avengers 2, uh, 10 Cloverfield Lane. So check through our catalog and check our reviews. And if you're feeling so review inclined, send us a review. Uh, that's what... Longtime film lover said about us on iTunes. I love this podcast, he said, or she said. The hosts have a great rapport with each other, and the show is funny and informative. Listening to it is the highlight of my commute. Well, thank you, longtime film lover. We hope that you love films long time. So, review us on iTunes. Check us out on SoundCloud. Follow us. Leave a comment. Whatever you can do for us is great, and we will keep doing for you, folks. this done yeah i'm ready to get this done get this done it's like let's get it over with let's uh, uh this, like louis ck's bit about cinnabons just uh, give me a cinnabon <laughs> no 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 don't give me the one in the front give me the one in the back i want the one that's been there for a while <laughs> uh, well, actually in an ideal world you would uh you would have the one up front will be the 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 last one in the case yeah, sure. And um, and while you're at that, can you move the mic a little bit closer to you? Okay. All right, great. Um, all right, everybody, welcome back to the Wages of Cinema. I am Jack. I'm Andrew. Good to see you guys. You can't see them. Are you an X Man, Andrew? Can you see through my laptop? I am a woman now, so I am an X Man. Maybe you just you have That's like terrible. you have like the powers of audio persuasion. Like you, when you said you that echolocation, I can see with sound. Yeah, you have, like, podcast sonar or something. Ooh, I like that power. Yeah! Copyright, copyright. Podcast sonar, the new comic book by Andrew Burchinell. Um Don't, yeah. don't, don't be surprised. Well, you know, at this point I wouldn't be, yeah, no, I'm not surprised by anything. Um, so, We got um, Batman 5 Superman, what else can we get? Yeah, that Batman 5 Superman Yawn of Justice. Um, and that's not my original quote. That's from some critic who, of course, you know, you know, you, uh, as I was just talking about yeah, we before just... we start recording, there's always a critic who will use a movie's title to mock it. Yeah. Um, like the Yu-Gi-Oh movie. What was Yugi the joke Blows. there? Yu-Gi-Oh! <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I can imagine that happened. You, but... you could have said that. You walked out of that film, didn't you? Yes, I did. You're right. Uh, I mean, I wasn't there. You told me the story. But... Yeah, no, I, I think I did. I, yeah. I might have walked out of Digimon, the movie, too. Eh. That one was pretty bad. That was one of those times where I realized I'm not a kid anymore. <laughs> um, <laughs> no offense. Um, but anyway, you wanted to talk about something. Yeah, I was... This is brought on by the most recent episode of Welcome to the Basement. They watched the Left Behind movie. The one uh, starring Nicolas Cage. Yeah, we, sh we should point that out, the fact that... Well, there are two Left Behind movies. There's one from 2000 with uh, Kirk Cameron, and there's a recent one. For some reason, they remade it, and 
you know, because Nicolas Cage needs to still pay off his giant, like, dinosaur or whatever he has in his... I just picture in his mansion that it looks like Batman's cave. Oh, giant penny? Yeah. And, <laughs> and like, uh, costumes uh, that he's uh, had from different roles. Uh, 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 the wooden I hand sh- from sh- Moonstruck. I still need to pay off... Uh, uh, you know, the, I, I also kept the ambulance from uh, bringing out the dead. Yeah. And, and uh, yeah, and so he's in that movie. And, yeah, the thing about the all these Christian movies that have been springing up yeah. in the past few years, they're all really cheap. Uh-huh. And they're all really just lame. Yeah. I mean, you and I, this is... Li- all right, listen, people. This is my beef with Christian movies. Let me just say, I am a Christian. And... A, yeah, and you and you and you go. Christian. Yeah, you go to a church. It seems like every week. Yeah, and I you go sing to church in the every choir. Week. Uh, this isn't to show off. Just saying. Yeah, uh, uh, show off. Yes. Oh, you're you're, you're the Lord's it. favorite now. I know you're all envious <laughs> because you know when the time comes, I'm going to disappear and leave my clothes behind. Yes. But uh, Christian movies for me are just—they're really embarrassing. <laughs> Well, we we should distinguish between what we mean by Christian movies, though, because on the one hand, you know, there was a time where a Christian movie was embraced by, you know, a really large mass audience. Yeah, there were Christian movies that were were cast in the mold of the epic. Ben-Hur. The the Ten Commandments. uh, The Greatest Story Ever Told. King of Kings, the original silent version. It's, It's, I think, much better than the one they remade in the 60s. But there were these big biblical epics back in the day. Which are still awesome movies. Mm-hmm. I and now the epic went its way. I think that's the main reason why we don't get films quite like that anymore. Uh, I mean, and then we had Last Temptation of Christ, which was a really awesome movie that really. Well, what? that well, that the interesting thing with that is that did not get embraced by no. It didn't. It, it's because I mean you have two different audiences. I think that when it really started, this whole new kind of. But we should distinguish it. Christian, like, I would almost say you could say an evangelical or fundamentalist type of movie, I think really started up with Passion of the Christ. Maybe. No, I, I think so. I mean, can you think of one? Because that, that, was, that was a huge movie. I think what I think what you're talking about is this sort of trend of movies becoming this sort of religious experience where churches were buying out theaters. I remember that when The Passion of the Christ mm-hmm. came out. I think my church did one of those things because at the time there was a theater across the street from us. Well, yeah. I, but I've seen The Passion of the Christ, and it's been a long time since I've seen it, but I remember it fondly. It's a very unique it's in terms of like biblical epics, it's got its own spin, which is hard to explain, but I, I do want to get back to it. But like everything that's come since then. Well, here's the it, deal. The past few years you've had basically just let's not mince words, hacks coming out with movies which are, for lack of a better expression, preaching to the choir. I yeah. mean you heard me talk about God's Not Dead and God, and God just which came out. yeah, which is out today because Think about this. You have a movie called God's Not Dead, and that's supposed to be a movie which is proclaiming, screw you atheists, trying to tell us that God's dead. And, Take that, Or that God doesn't even, yeah, or that God doesn't even exist. Uh, I could, oh, I could go on about that movie. But, you know, obviously it's because the first movie was such a big, big success, but you have another movie, God's Not Dead 2, so is he dead or not? I don't know. <laughs> And but this well this movie yeah. though 
Uh, see, I don't know if you know what the plot of this movie is. Now, I Who haven't... keeps trying to kill God? Well, no, this time, um, again, I haven't seen the movie. I've, I've seen the trailer, and I've, I've read a couple of reviews. And Melissa Joan Hart. Oh, I love her. Why? It's a long story. Oh, God, we'll get into it later. Well, well this time Clarissa is explaining to us why uh, <laughs> God is a thing. No, no, like, I think that the main premise is she teaches in, like, a regular high school, and she teaches, like, a history class. This is where uh, you're going to perk your ears up a little bit. And I think a student asks some question about Jesus, and she talks about it in class, and she gets in trouble for it. And somehow one thing leads to another, and it becomes a courtroom movie where the bad guys are the ACLU, led by Ray Weiss as this super atheist who's going to prove in court that God is dead. What? And then the other side... You can't... Yeah! You can't prove that something doesn't exist. (laughs) (laughs) Well, yeah, well, that's the whole thing. And then also, you know... From what I've heard about the movie, again, I don't, I don't know all the specifics, but it kind of sounds like the movie is insulting to the intelligence of people who even have a vague understanding of the Constitution. Yeah. You know, and like the whole movie gets, you know, it's, you have these Christians, and that's where God's Not Dead comes in, where it's like the same thing with the war on Christmas. These people who come forward thinking, we're under attack. You know, our our religion is, you know, we have to protect it. We have to make sure that Christians are safe from persecution. That's what this movie, that, that's what the first movie is. That is, you know, because the, the villain is this, you know, professor who makes all of his students, right? God's dead. Played by good old Kevin Sorbo. Yes, Hercules. Who used... was a god. Well, Ah, interesting demigod. Point. If you want to be technical, but you know, ooh, I, well, he he's an evangelical asshole. But the, the point is, though, like from what I've heard about this second movie, it doesn't understand. Like when you when you leave high school, you have to kind of you know take a test to show that you know the Constitution. Well, ideally, but well, no. yeah, but these people don't seem to know that. They don't really seem to understand what the separation between church and state that's not but that's not even even my point i mean whether or not we understand whether or not we understand the legal issues about what i know maybe about is not the point the point is that there is this niche uh this niche category of films which we've watched a few well we watched the identical we watched the identical which you know granted that's that 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 kind of is a wolf in sheep's clothing because it comes in acting like it's an Elvis movie. Yeah. When it's, it's, I don't know what the hell that movie is. Yeah. It, it kind of crams in, it, it, it was, crams in Christianity like a, like a turducken yeah. is crammed in with, uh, it's stuffing. It's, I mean, then Kirk Cameron's movie about, uh, oh. <laughs> saving Christmas. How he said, <laughs> he's going to tell you how Christmas trees are from the Bible. And that's, I mean, it's so, they're all so just, uh, I can't even articulate it right now. They're just so lame. And well, yeah. they're so just overdone and they're so uh, so preachy in the worst possible well, way. Well, you said the word right there, I, preachy. I'd rather sit through a sermon 
Yeah. Then watch the, any of these movies again. Yeah. Well, that's like, well, they, the people who make these movies, there's this whole studio called Pure Flix, which is making movies like God's Not Dead and Mom's Night Out. And uh, War Room. I don't know if you heard about this movie called War Room. Which, again, these movies, it's its not just that they're preaching the choir. They're also kind of offensive with some of their messages. Like, the movie War Room, the basic message of that movie, from what I understand about it, because I watched a couple of reviews, it's about, like, this married couple who are having, like, big problems. And, like, the wife gets advice from this wise old black lady... Again, the magical, mystical New York. I mean, actually, the, the, the couple in the movie's black, so whatever. But she gives her, this woman advice that instead of maybe, say, I don't know, going to a marriage counselor or trying to work things out in therapy or maybe even getting a divorce, kneels and prays that her husband stops being a dick. And then she launches the missiles. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, it's... And then there are other movies like uh, Dark Dungeons. What's that? The one about the Dungeons and Dragons thing. Oh, well, that's that's <laughs> from another generation. That's like, is that the Tom Hanks movie? No, no, that's, that's... Oh, that's... Mo that's Mazes, oh. Mazes and Monsters? Uh, no. Yeah, I'm it, sorry. Why was I getting this confused? No, but the one, like, where... It, don't it was, I've never heard of this. You've heard of it. Dark Dungeons? D yeah, dar or Dark Dungeon or something. It's it's about, what? like, how... how playing tabletop rpgs will turn you into a satanist and, and ruin your life well, again you know the thing is again you you pointed out that as a christian you find these movies at best silly and at worst you know wtf embarrassing, embarrassing because again these movies aren't really reflecting actual christians like like you who are open to other ideas and can sit and watch last temptation of christ without losing your mind I'm, you know, not, I'm not special. I'm just well. This is my, this is just my point of view. I find I find these movies to be really just silly. no, but no, but th these movies are not really for sensible people. I mean, if well, you watch no, a, if you watch, thing. it's not about sensible or yeah, about intelligence or if anything. you're watching it's a about movie this sort of niche. If, like, do you remember a while ago, the Angry Video Game Nerd? You know James Rolfe. He did a he did several specials about Bible themed games. Yeah, well, and, those that's that's the, and, but it's but it's the same thing because a lot of the a lot of the uh, Christian Christian game companies like Wisdom Tree just right. put out these games which were unlicensed and technically not technically illegal or or, see, or see, violating I didn't, copyright. See, I didn't even know these games existed until he did reviews. Yeah, but of them. they're not good games. They're very simplistic and poorly yeah. designed. But if you just put the if, but if you just put the label of you know Christian video game on the cartridge, then that was going to sell something. Yeah. Well, the key thing is that that just, well that's the key thing is the lack of effort. The fact that, again, a movie like God's Not Dead was basically, and I guess the sequel too, they're made for like just a couple million dollars. And then they just bring in the bucks because you have all these churches. And I don't mean even like a church like you go to, but I mean out in like, you know, out there in the heartland, quote unquote, where they send in, where they bus in people to go see these movies. That's how they like said so, like God's Not Dead made sixty million dollars. Yeah, that's quite a bit. That's crazy. Like a More movie, than the holograms. a movie which preaches that you know, as I said in my review, that movie does not know how college works. But and like but basic what, what bothers things. me isn't necessarily this idea of 
preaching. It's not this idea of it's not even this mm. these ideas. It's just that they're such shoddy films. Well, there's that too. And they, yeah, they're, and they're, they're badly and, made. And they're, they're bad just, movies. And it's just they've locked in an audience, kind of like Tyler Perry. It, they're and, exploitation movies. It's not that. Oh much... my god, it is exploitation. You're right. Yeah. It's, no, it's absolutely. Christian exploitation. Yeah. Christ exploitation. Yeah, I mean, actually, the the reason why I Jesus exploitation, I, I became kind of like from a distance obsessed with some of these movies because I watch a lot of reviews by uh, this reviewer named the Cinema Snob, Brad Jones, right? And he will go actually see these movies in the theater and then immediately go into his car. And review the movie with his friends. Take the bullet, Brad Jones. Yeah. You're like, a hero. That was how I... That's that's why I wanted to check out Kirk Cameron Saving Christmas. Because, like, they went and saw the movie. And yeah. it's like... They're like, easily the worst movie I've seen all year. <laughs> but go see it. And and then it's like, he like in the review, he took out his phone and showed the picture, which he was able to... He took it on his phone of that image of Kirk... I don't know if it's Kirk Cameron or another actor as Santa Claus holding up his fist like I'm going to beat the crap out of you. <laughs> oh, I still remember that Santa Claus story from I... from, from Saving Christmas. <laughs> you know, now that we're laughing uh... so much, maybe this isn't such a bad thing. <laughs> Well, Kirk Cameron is just so crazy. I kind of, if I get more movies where he does the worm, you know, have have at it, man. I just, it, yeah, obviously, yeah. The, the the fact that they're shoddily made and they're cheap, you know, a lot of them look like TV movies too. Yeah. You know, like the other thing with Saving Christmas, and it's the same with some of these other movies. They kind of stall for time to like pad it out into a feature Which film. Which is why we get Kirk uh, Kirk Cameron doing the worm. Yeah. In God's Not Dead, you know, it they try to make it like the Christian propaganda version of Crash with like multi-stories <laughs> that are supposed to connect with one another. And one of the storylines involves like this reverend uh who can't get his car to start. And I guess that's his crisis of faith. Oh god. I Oh God! <laughs> oh God! My God! My God! Why have you forsaken me by putting in this car with a poor starter? But but yeah, I mean, I'm sure that there were probably certain Christian propaganda movies from you know past like some. I think you know, we, from I, think we should, I think we think we should just we should call them from now on. We'll call them uh, Christian exploitation. Yeah, Christ no, no, Christploitation. Christploitation. There, there we go. That's our word for it. Yeah, it's you know. It, it's not that much different than, you know, like, uh, movies that, you know, I don't know, like, you know, you, we had an era in the 70s with Nazi exploitation. Right, and there was, there were those satanic panic movies. Oh, God, yeah. And, um, yeah, it's funny, because, again, some Nazi of these... Nazi exploitation. I mean, there have all, I mean, you know, there's been a history of, of movies or, or kind of, you know, almost like after-school specials catered to you know, this evangelical base. Like, there's this movie which, again, going back to this guy Brad Jones, he reviewed this uh, movie called Rock, It's Your Decision, which is this movie from the early 80s about, like, this kid who is fed all of this horseshit about how rock music is the devil's work. And if you listen to rock music, you are going to become Satan. And he basically alienates everybody in his life 
and acts like a total dick <laughs> so that he can be pure and not listen to rock music. And at the end of the movie, he gives this long speech about music that is not even about Satan. Like, he yeah. brings up songs, like, he brings up some Santana song. But the point is, you know, these movies have been around for a while. We're just going through, I think, right now a, um, you know, a trend. Yeah, we're a uh, exploitation is in its ascendancy at this, <laughs> this point. The worst part, though, um, again, you know, the movies are still coming, and they come in different shapes and sizes. I mean, now we're also getting movies, not you know, still cheap, but a little bit more at the studio level. Like, there's another movie out now. There are like a bunch of movies out right now. There's another movie called Miracles from Heaven. Oh yeah, with Jennifer, Jennifer Gardner. Gardner, and that's I okay. Heard it, it got a that good that review. seems. That that seems harmless. That's more about you know, oh, a kid may or may you know he might have had a miracle. He fell out of a tree. Okay, that's like there was a that movie called like I don't know if it's called Dolphin's Tale. No, no, Soul Surfer. There's oh, this movie yeah. about this girl who gets like her leg chopped off, like by a dolphin. No, but <laughs> <laughs> Flipper's pissed. <laughs> And dolphin you know, and, exploitation, and you That's know, and her need. and her faith got her through her, you know, the fact that she couldn't surf anymore. That's a cool story. That's fine. Yeah, that's that's cool fine. Story. That's different than a movie, which you know says that if you don't believe in God, you know that there 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 there's no middle ground. That's part of the reason why these movies are crappy. You know that that they're, you know, the fact that there are no gray areas. In any of these movies, well, there aren't there aren't many gray areas in Christianity either. I will say that. Well, but it's but leaving aside theology. But the idea is like <laughs> these movies don't you know they they paint it in such a way where there aren't that many. Uh, I don't know. The film itself has no nuance. Yeah. It has no subtlety, and this. I mean, if we're talking about the wages of cinema. <laughs> Then well, I think you know these movies get condemned. Yeah. Well, that's well, and then going back to your original point about Left Behind, I think that's one of those cases that I guess is the maybe crossbreeding of like, like I kind of wonder if that movie would have even gotten made if Nicolas Cage hadn't been involved. <gasps> and maybe it would have. Maybe they would have gotten some other guy. I don't know. I but it, it never it never made enough money to get a sequel. Well, yeah. I mean, I guess and not. Not all of these movies are going to be really successful. There are successful. a lot of these sort of low rent biblical epics now, which are period pieces taking place in Bible times. You know, there was Exodus, Gods and Kings, which was yeah, that was well, big. no, no, that no, that's a that's big... different. That that was big, but I mean, it wasn't. Uh... What you're talking about? Well, there's actually another movie that came out recently. It was called Easter. Risen. Yeah, that that's what I'm talking about. That... And there was another one called The Nativity, which came out probably about ten years ago. Well, The Nativity story, I think, was more so capitalizing on passion of the christ maybe there but, but i know what you mean well there was also last year i think there was a movie which basically cut down this bible miniseries into a movie huh. and uh and the funny thing is this that's another the right, funny thing is this, yours. yeah the funny thing is this movie risen that came out actually had this a director who his name was kevin reynolds and i believe he might have done robin hood prince of thieves Huh. And Waterworld, like he used to do big movies, and now he's doing. And from what I've heard, the review said it wasn't that bad. Like it, it showed Jesus as kind of more like this cool hippie guy. Um, 
Yeah. You know what I find hilarious? Mm-hmm. This is a television thing yeah. where they try to take the Bible and drench it in blood. <laughs> so there are History Channel shows like yeah. The Bible, and there was, and they had like uh, another show that was like Bible Warfare, and it was like <laughs> wars that happened during the Bible Bible time, yeah. and things like that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and they're just like amped up so much, like three hundred. Yeah. Sort of like that. And it just gets ridiculous. Oh yeah. That even the people at my church think, Yeah, that was that was silly. Yeah. <laughs> but you know, it's I, I, wonder... I can't wait until the prequels of the Bible comes out. The pre- Hmm. Wait. Re- are, is that a trick question? Is it? <laughs> the prequel to the Bible the, wouldn't that be before the creation of time? Here's what I would say though. <laughs> I'm going to wrap this up. Yeah, because we need to move on. I would not discourage you from seeing any of these Christploitation films, because you really got to see them to understand what we're talking about. Have a great night. Just watch one. Laugh it up. I, it depends which one you're getting into. I, I think Kirk Cameron Saving Christmas is a blast. I think that movie's hilarious, if you take it for what it is. God's Not Dead Here's why I would say it's on Netflix. Watch the first 15 minutes and you'll either turn it off or try to get through it. It's because, again, it it's one thing to be just like a badly made movie. It's another thing when a movie actively insults your intelligence and your, you know, sensibilities of, uh, you know, like, like, like there's even going to be later this year a Christploitation movie about Columbine. I just found this out today. Oh, I think I realize now who it's going to be about. Well, well, no, it might not be about the one because well, uh, I, I with, don't want to know. No, well, we'll call, that's a whole other story altogether. Okay, maybe don't see all of them. <laughs> <laughs> don't right. don't don't see War Room, please. Don't don't give don't give those guys. Unless you want to rewrite the ending. Launch the missiles! Yeah. Alright, well, let's move on from that discussion. Let's let's talk about some movies we've watched in the past week. Uh, let me start, if I may. Oh, go ahead. Yay! Alright, well, I saw some new movies, and I saw some old movies. I went through kind of a blitz the past few days. Uh, with the exception of Batman v Superman, I didn't see that many movies uh i mean i saw a few i could talk about but in the past few days i've seen a lot of movies i just went on a tear um one of the new movies i saw is the latest from richard linklater called everybody wants some oh yeah and um the film that looks like it's gonna suck but might not why do you think it's gonna suck it looks like every sort of teen comedy ah. that I've that I've that's been coming out for the last twenty years. Well that's that's the thing is that I, I, I said this in my review, it's it's very easy to mess up this kind of movie. Like it's very easy. You could just make things so lazily. What I like about this movie so this is supposed to be kind of a spiritual sequel to both Boyhood and Dazed and Confused. Not spiritual like in Christploitation. <laughs> No, no, let's go. Uh, no, no, I mean in the sense that the movie, because at the end of Boyhood, uh, the main character goes off to college. You know, it follows him from age 6 to 18. Um, and so this movie, and also Days and Confused, was about the last night, day and night of high school in 1976. This, gotcha. movie, takes, this movie takes place in 1980, and it follows this... So it's like, what, if, what happens to all those characters when they finally get to college? 
Sort of. I mean, it doesn't. It doesn't. 80s. It doesn't follow the same characters. Like you could come to this movie without having watched any other Richard Linklater movies. Well, the thing about this, it is so likable. Huh. Like it is such a likable movie. Like you can feel like Linklater. I think is probably a sweet guy in person. Like he's not one of these directors who's like, rah, 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 rah. you know, he's more. You know, he he seems like a chill dude from interviews I've seen with him. He's no Ridley Scott. No. Uh, here's the interesting thing with this movie, or I shouldn't use interesting, just different. So sometimes with college movies, and Corey has talked to me about this sometimes as a problem, you see all these college students partying and you wonder, don't you have class? Don't you have to do your work? This movie takes place in the four days just before the start of the first day of class. Like the last scene, the last scene of the movie is like the first day of class. So they've answered that question right off the bat. Yeah, I mean, the, it, it focuses on this group of, this kid who comes, he's like a freshman, and he's a baseball pitcher. And he's in this whole house full of people who are, are on the baseball team at this college. And, uh, and yeah, there are a lot of hijinks that ensue. Because it's a period movie, you get a lot of disco. And uh, also, they go to a cowboy bar, a punk bar. They, ha they try on different hats. It doesn't really have a story, but I like that. It's just about these guys' experiences, uh, what it's like to kind of sit in a dorm room and smoke pot and listen to Pink Floyd. <laughs> and, uh, and yeah, all the characters are distinctive. It's often, if it's not very funny, you're just smiling all the time. It's just an incredibly pleasurable movie to watch. It's, it's So even though it's R-rated, it's raunchy, you know, there's cursing, it's a very light-hearted movie in a way. It hmm. doesn't have the cynical aspect to it, like other gross-out teen comedies and stuff like that. I see. So that's what I'd say about the movie. Okay. Um, I don't know, so you want to talk about one right now? Oh, I, I, don't, I do want to talk a little bit about, you know, since our last episode was giant monster movies, I went back and saw the original Gojira. Had it been a while since you'd seen it? I've never seen Gojira. I had, seen, ah. I had seen Godzilla King of the Monsters. Ooh. So I watched Gojira, and, you know, everything that, you know, I knew about it was basically confirmed. The greatest thing about it is that uh, what it has that other Godzilla films do not is that Godzilla's rampages have consequences. Yes. And there are human characters who you who aren't the deepest characters, but you could still identify them and say they have dilemmas. You know, you the have, Dr. Serizawa, yeah. especially. He, yeah, well, he's the guy who... With the eye patch. Yeah, well, um, was that Takashi Shimura? Is that the no, actor? Takashi Shimura plays somebody different. Okay, I'm sorry, I got them confused. Eye patch man. Okay. I, um, he has a serious ethical dilemma to deal with, and and the other characters, they, they help inform that story. Yeah. Uh, I watched Godzilla again, Godzilla King of the Monsters, and, oh, that too. I mean, now they how much do the they chop up? It's the same story and everything, and they they shoehorn Raymond Burr into that film. Yeah, and he's just as extraneous as you'd expect him to be. Uh, <laughs> and you know, it, it, they hack it up, they butcher it. Uh, that same story is still there, though. And, yeah, and they 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 do a pretty good job inserting him. Mm -hmm. it's, if you didn't know it right off the bat, you'd probably, you probably only have it. Now it's been since, now because it's been such a long time, are any of the, 
do they, are they able to retain many of the Japanese characters from Gojira and King of the Monsters? Yes. Okay, because it's been like because I said, it's been they so provide long. The plot, but the problem is, is that you spend most of your time focusing on Raymond Burr because he's the one who sp- speaks English. Yeah, and it's like whenever something other scene is happening that's he's not in, yeah. he's narrating it and telling you what's happening. Yeah, of course, and you know, but and but Gojira is still great. I mean, great. <laughs> yeah, but it's scary. Seeing Godzilla in that movie is actually a presence. Yeah. All right. right. So, all right. Um, another new movie I watched today is this movie called Midnight Special. Uh, I don't know if I have that much to say about it. I wish I had more. Um, Who directed it? So, this guy, Jeff Nichols, he made this movie called Take Shelter and Mud. He oh, yeah. his, his main guy, he's worked a lot with Michael Shannon. He's also stars in this movie. Uh what this movie is about, it follows... Michael Shannon has this kid who seems kind of special. And he... I will raise him! Yeah, fair enough. Well, it's funny you say that. He he has certain... He might be an alien. He might not be. It's uh, not quite sh- clear at first. The first half of the movie is kind of all intrigue. It starts as like this kidnapping story where he and this other guy uh, take this kid away from this seem cult-like church and the FBI, you know, you know, closes down this church and they're after Michael Shannon and this kid. And so there's all this intrigue about, okay, what is this kid about? Is he, what, where is he from? What kind of powers does he have? And yet the the thing, it was a movie, which I had a lot of hope for because I love this guy's other movies. Um, Take Shelter is really great. And I liked Mud a lot. This is very impressively directed. And he has a great cast. It also has Adam Driver and Kirsten Dunst in really good roles. Um, Sam Shepard pops up in it for a few scenes. Good for Adam Driver. I I wish that it was almost two movies. It feels like I'm watching the second half of a movie that was already in progress. (laughs) And I want to see the first part of it. Because the movie sets up that there's this kind of cult um, led by Sam Shepard. And they have all these people who are dressed kind of almost like Mormon garb, like they're in the LDS church. And yet they're in like the first 20 minutes of the movie and then you don't see them again. I want to know what was that kid's role in that church. I want to see those scenes. And it's not like, and then at the end of the movie, they kind of reveal everything that's going on. And yet I still was left with a lot of questions and, and they weren't like good questions. Like with certain sci-fi movies, it was more like, well, why did that happen? And that happened. And I was left with this feeling that I watched the movie, and as I was watching it, I was really into it. But once it was over, I had a lot of questions. Right. You know, not unlike Prometheus or something. Well, well, it's only a little better than Prometheus. We won't bring that. All right. So, anything else you'd like to talk about before uh, I get more else stuff? I really want All to right. Talk so, about. here are other things that happened with me. Yesterday, I watched three Sam Peckinpah movies. Wow, jeez. In the big screen. <laughs> so like for you right now life is in slow motion with riddled with bullets <laughs> and uh yeah um well here's the thing though i saw two of his early movies which i had never seen before uh called the deadly companions and ride the high country um deadly companions was good uh it was about like this woman who's trying to whose son is killed and she's trying to drag his body across the desert to get back to her town to bury him. And, uh, and this other cowboy is guilty. 
so he tries to help her out and you know it's it's an okay movie i don't know if i have much else to say about it except that it's a fine debut but you don't get a lot of the peck and paw trademark ride the high country is great though that's his follow-up and that has joe mccray and randolph scott which even those those names, even if you don't know those names, those sound like Western actor names because Joel they were. Joel McCray. Yeah, well, Joel McCray. I know I knew him from Sullivan's Travels. Right. Um, and uh, that movie is interesting because they were two. You know, they had acted in a lot of movies together. This was their final movie together. Uh, Randolph Scott retired. So I, anyway, so that movie, check it out. But uh, of course, then I also saw The Wild Bunch again. On the big screen. Well, I hadn't seen it in like five years. Oh, all right. And probably the last time I saw it too. It. Uh, I, this is a this is a movie that you know they talk about Bonnie and Clyde as being like one of those seminal late '60s movies that dealt with violence in a new way. But I feel like The Wild Bunch is held up better, and is just you leave that movie with even more hair on your chest than when you came in. So, I mean, secretly, I'm... Take I'm, note, ladies. Well, technically, I'm Chewbacca right now, so that's yeah. the thing. <laughs> <laughs> um, God, this movie is just so incredibly well made. They um, used all the squibs for this one. Oh, the, that climax, I, I, I... Watching it this time, you know, 35mm or big screen, it's like, has this been topped? I don't, know. I don't know. Even after so many years of action movies and impressive ones, that's that's something we got to do sometime. We got to do a a list of like greatest shootouts. Mm. Well, that one especially, it might have the single most badass moment in the history of movies. Yeah. As Warren Oates is being plugged with bullets and has a giant machine gun and is yelling as he's firing at people <laughs> and getting shot at, I'm like. How did you do this, Peckinpah? This is amazing. Yeah. Um. So just a couple other quick things to mention. So again, I saw those three movies, and yeah, boy, am I squibbed out. Um. Oh, uh, just a couple of quick things that again, I won't ponder too long. Uh, I watched uh another Studio Ghibli movie that I hadn't seen. Um. Unfortunately, like I'm, I think, I guess I'm starting to get to the point where I'm running out of features of theirs to watch. Mm-hmm. It was more recent. It was called From Up on Poppy Hill, um, right. like like the movie when Marnie was there, uh, which I saw somewhat not too long ago. It was more. It's more set in the real world. It's nothing fantasy like about it. It just follows this uh, this this these two young people who meet and fall in love in 1963 in japan and they find out some secrets about themselves that they didn't know uh i don't know if i should reveal any spoilers but well no well they're actually no they're they're brother and sister maybe (laughs) (laughs) it's one of those plots and then there's also a thing where it's like there's that plot line and then there's also the save the school library slash learning center Yeah, well, no, almost that, but oh, more low-key. Um, and so, uh, yeah, so that was okay. And then one last thing I do want to talk about for sure, or maybe two more things. I watched two documentaries, which I want to point out. All right. <clears throat> one is this movie called The Wolf Pack. Now, have you heard of this movie? Does it sound familiar it at all? Familiar. 
Is it about well, it came people out... wrongly accused of a crime? Not really. All right, never mind. Um, well, all right, so here's one thing about this movie. It's about these six guys um, who basically lived their oh, whole wait life. wait a minute. Through... I've heard about this. On... Well, the, yeah. in New York City, these, these six kids grew up in this household in, like, it was kind of public housing, and they were homeschooled, not allowed, basically, to go out for their whole adolescence or childhoods because their parents said it's really dangerous out there. But we'll give you all these movies to watch, which we purchased very cheaply. And so in the documentary, you see these guys who have been influenced by Tarantino and The Dark Knight and other movies act out these scenes. Like, as you know, and they write they're, they're They have nothing to do, but they have all these movies to watch. So they write down all the dialogue. So they perform scenes from Pulp Fiction and The Dark Knight and other things like that. And then the, the movie also tracks what happens when they go outside, finally, hmm. and interact with the real world. Um, I wish the movie had a little bit more focus, because it kind of loses out near the end. Uh, it starts to get a little bit more unclear about what the timeline is for some of these guys. But it was just, unlike any documentary I've seen in a long time, just the fact that there are these young, these young, young guys who... Uh, raised by these two parents who, you know, at best you could say are neglectful and at worst are probably abusers in some way by not letting their kids, you know, have any kind of life outside of movies. Um, so that's the Wolfpack. And then one other documentary I watched was called The Last Gladiators, um, which is all about hockey enforcers. <laughs> Do you know what those are? Basically, go- goons. guys who play hockey and kill people for sport. Yes. Um, I I like this movie a lot. It's also very um, different in the way that you look at, you get a peek into hockey that you didn't really expect before. The fact that not all hockey players are rich. As a matter of fact, this one, like this guy who, again, the enforcers would go in and literally beat the crap out of people. And that was their whole function. Like, like the they, Bash Brothers in the Mighty Ducks trilogy. Yeah, I guess so. Uh, <laughs> For all you Mighty Ducks fans out there. I'm sure we have a few. Um, and it follows this the one... The Almighty Mighty Ducks yeah. trilogy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it follows this guy who used to play on the Montreal Canadiens. And the other thing about these hockey players is that... You know, they don't really play for that long in the in, in the span of life. Like, he retired when he was, like, 34 or 35. And then he spent the rest of his life, you know, he tried to work in insurance, but that didn't work. Then he got hooked on He's heroin. buy this insurance policy. Yeah. Well, <laughs> insurance as just a, as a quick aside to that, a funny, th- funny story in real life. When my mom first went to go you know, to apply for, to work at, uh, her insurance company that she worked at for many years. The day she went to the job interview, this guy, he's leaving the office and he's just had an interview and my mom, you know, just says, hi, hi. And she doesn't know who this guy is. She goes into the interview room and the people tell her, Oh, do you know who that was? No. It's like, that was Gordy Howe. What? And she's like, wow. Okay. Well, uh, she didn't really know hockey, but apparently, yeah, Gordy Howe, was interviewing to work as an insurance salesman. And he didn't get the job? I don't know. I guess not. Why wouldn't they hire <laughs> Gordy Howe? Because my mom was applying, and she was probably much better. Oh, yeah. 
tough choice. Yeah, but the point is, Last Gladiator is, is a just a sad movie, but intensely interesting. Uh, it brings you into a world you haven't seen before. So those are two documentaries that I just wanted to mention very briefly. Um, I haven't seen a good documentary in a long time. I got to go out there and do something. Yeah, go out there and do something, Andrew. Go well, make a documentary. <laughs> You have time. I'm going to make a surrealist documentary. There you go. Um, so, uh, I think uh, that's about all for right now. And also, I rewatched uh, Lost in La Mancha. But we'll talk about that maybe some other time. Okay. Uh, so, for right now, uh, we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, Andrew is going to have his cinema immersion tank this week. 